I started recording, but we can start whenever. All right, cool. You got your list pulled up? Yeah, I got my list pulled up. You water anything? You're good? No, I'm good right now. If I need anything, I can just go ahead and get up. Yeah, we can pause it. All right. All right, ready to get started? Yep. Hey guys, welcome back to yet another episode in Dynasty Sports Media. I'm Trey, I'm joined here by Kyle. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to episode one. We had a blast doing it and we've been getting a lot of positive feedback on it. So last episode we went over our top 15 NFL quarterbacks. Today we're going to do the exact same thing, except we're going to switch it up a little bit and go into the Dynasty format. Now, I will be the first to tell you that this is more of Kyle's specialty than mine. Uh, mine is more based off of actual NFL players and the stats regarding them in that aspect. But I do feel like I've put a pretty good list together. How are you feeling about yours, Kyle? Uh, I'm, I'm liking mine. You're going to see a, a, a trend with mine, I feel like. So. Ah, okay, a trend. Um, just for a guess, I'm going to guess that runners are at the top of your list. Uh, there, I tend to favor them, but it's it's upside that you'll see a lot a lot of upside. High Grant, um, favor I favor upside in my guys. That All I right, I ranked, so. I choose to favor a little bit of upside in mine too. I do just want to put a warning out there that at least in my list, you're not going to see any rookies hit up on my list now. While that's nothing against the likes of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and especially Anthony Richardson, who I do think has the highest upside out of any draftee in this class, going to Indianapolis for me was the absolute perfect fit for him. But the entire reason that I don't put rookies into mine is because, as we've seen in the draft, sometimes as good as you are in college, it just doesn't translate to the NFL level. So while I will put a second-year guy into my rankings, I looking over it, I haven't at this point in time, but it wouldn't stop me from putting a second-year guy. I do have Kenny Pickett slotted in at number 16, but we're just going our top 15s for this time. Uh, so... That's just me, but let's get into the list. Now, the last week, we both had Patrick Mahomes ranked number one overall for our top 15 NFL quarterbacks. In the dynasty format, I'm assuming that that still stands true? Yes, that still stands true. I, I, don't, I don't see a world where Patrick Mahomes isn't your dynasty quarterback one. I see... Uh... A little uh, debate for Josh Allen just because of his rushing ability, but um, Patrick Mahomes' consistent consistency and being a quarterback one every year, no matter what the weapons are. I mean, his down year in 2019, where he still missed two games, he was quarterback seven. So um, that was his worst quarterback finish overall. And he's gotten quarterback one overall twice in his five-year career. So... He's, he's my quarterback one, and it's it's uh, no question for me. I'll take the safe upside in knowing that I have the best quarterback in the league and the best dynasty fantasy quarterback in the league. Uh, and I also want to add in that I'm quite um, interested to see your list here, Trey, because I'm looking at 
man, I'm looking at my top 14 quarterbacks, and after that, there's a quite a drop-off, and that's included with rookies. So I'm in, I'm interested to see your 12 through 15 range here. Yeah, without, uh, without without rookies in your top 15. Well, for me, um, there's quite a bit of drop-off uh, after the first seven. And then after that, the biggest drop-off comes from the 14 to the 15 spot. We hit on the guy that I have at number 15 a little bit yesterday. So actually, most of my guys we touched on yesterday. I think there's only one in here that I didn't have yesterday. But going back to Patrick Mahomes at number one, I mean, it's just the absolute obvious choice. Everyone was expecting him to take a little bit of a drop-off this past season losing Tyreek Hill, but even with an underwhelming receiving core, um, headlined by Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm very familiar with, he still put up excellent numbers and will continue to as long as he's in the league. The arm angles that he can throw from, just the level at which he understands the defenses and can beat them, his ability to extend plays and even use his legs to pick up a first, even when he's just on one leg, as we saw in the postseason last year, he's going to put up numbers for you on your dynasty team. And he is by far the most valuable asset, at least in the quarterback range. There are some running backs that I think would be a little bit more valuable than Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes finds himself really nicely slotted in in his age and ability and history that I feel extremely confident putting him in at number one. So who do you have at number two? At number two, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but I have uh, Josh Allen at number two. Um, a lot of people are questioning his ability to be the number two guy in Dynasty after one quote-unquote down year. Turnovers were an issue. He was battling elbow, shoulder injury all year for most part, but... He was still um, quarterback two on the year, despite that. Yes, he had 14 interceptions, and uh, let me see where the fumbles. He's five fumbles lost, so 19 turnovers. But he had, in total, 42 touchdowns. That's including rushing. Um, so I, I expect, actually, him to be better than he was last year. Um, and that that's saying a lot. Because he's still... He, he's... He's number two for me, even last year coming into the year, and I don't think he's moved. Um, they added a weapon in, Dol in uh, Kincaid there, which will be another receiving threat for Josh Allen to use. Um, and I, I'm excited. I don't. I don't think there's really much debate here for two in dynasty fantasy football. His rushing ability in the goal line on the goal line and his deep and his um, one second. And his uh, deep playability really makes him stand out here for me at two. See, I'm going to go with the exact same person I had on my list on our last episode. And I'm going to go with Joey Burrow out of Cincinnati. While I agree that Josh Allen's rushing ability, especially on the goal line, definitely adds to his fantasy upside. With the weapons that Joe Burrow has, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Both wide receivers that I would be comfortable having as my wide receiver one on multiple teams. Obviously, in a dynasty setting, you're going to want to go Jamar Chase over T. Higgins. 
but purely from an NFL standpoint, they could be a wide receiver one on almost any team out there. Add that into slightly better than average tight end play and the ability to respect the run just really opens up more of an opportunity for Joe Burrow to put up good numbers in your dynasty format. He's still young, and while he did have that injury that took him out for his rookie season, he's been really good in the past uh, four years. Last year, he finished as your QB4 overall. So that with just being a really cerebral player and knowing what's going on, he doesn't, last year he only had one finish that was under 10 points. That came in a really bad game against Buffalo, where he was projected 26, but I actually believe that he got injured in that game. I'm not remembering it against too Against Buffalo? Well. Yes. That, that was the DeMar Hamlin game. Oh, yeah. Okay, correct. Yeah, that was the DeMar Hamlin game because I was looking at it. He went 4-4 for 52, which even in a shortened game, you can just see the the efficiency in that he had a touchdown already but in every other game looks like he was there for a hundred percent of the snaps so the injury really isn't that big of a concern so for me he's definitely a quarterback too yeah so um for me at quarterback three i've actually got a little bit of a sleeper here uh as far as as far as i'm concerned i mean in dynasty formats, as far as sleeper is concerned, he's ranked as the projected QB4 coming into the 2023 season. But I've got Jalen Hurts coming in. Um, one, the rushing upside that we've been talking about, I think that Jalen Hurts is a better runner than Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. And he's just got some amazing weapons. I mean, obviously A.J. Brown coming over, but also Devonta Smith, Zach Ertz, even the receivers out of the backfield picking up DeAndre Swift really helped him out, and I think that those are just going to push on to higher numbers. Yes, the offensive line did get a little bit weaker. Uh, Jason Kelsey was talking about losing an offensive lineman to the Steelers, saying that that lineman was the smartest player that he's ever played against. But if I know anything about the Eagles, they're going to be able to adapt to any situation that's thrown at them. And I don't see too much of a drop-off from Jalen Hurts coming into this next season, whether or not that extends into another Super Bowl run. It has to be unknown, and honestly, it isn't all too relevant coming into this discussion, but I definitely see good things coming in from him. I think that he's going to rush for anywhere between five to 800 yards have double-digit touchdowns on the ground, probably another 25, 30 touchdowns throughout the air, maybe 4,000 yards, something along that range. And to me, those are definitely QB3-type numbers. Yeah, I, I could see a world where he does that. Um, the passing ability does not scare me, but lean me to push him a little farther down the list. He's not too far down, but... Um, I have number three in Dynasty, age, longevity at the quarterback position. You want a guy you want to build around this team. At three, I have Trevor Lawrence, 23-year-old quarterback out of Clemson, um, entering his third year quarterback as, as the starting quarterback. 
Um, last year, he was quarterback eight on the year, despite starting off a little slow. He had no weeks where he was under 17.5 points, which is pretty solid for a quarterback. Um, in his second year, with those weapons, and it, nothing really stood out in him last year until after the bye, I'd say. Um, but but for me, he's my quarterback three. Um, the age, being 23 years old, being the... I mean, he was the number one ranked recruit coming in to the NFL, coming into college, going out of high school. Um, he's just a no-brainer to me. He's not He's not going to bust. I only see him going up from here. Adding Calvin Ridley to that offense only helps as well. Healthy ETN. You also get a tank, tank Bigsby coming in from college. Um, this offense is going to be better, and Doug Peterson is going to really allow Trevor Lawrence to excel and Trevor Lawrence is going to connect on these deep ball shots. He's he's a deep ball machine. Um, his short accuracy is kind of questionable, but you're looking for that upside, and Trevor Lawrence can deliver with it. And I think it once he gets more um, of a leash in this offense than he did last year, um, he's, he's really going to excel, and I'm excited for him. Um, and I, I think he'll be your dynasty quarterback for the future, for another 10 years, he's going to be a quarterback one and lead to lead your team to a lot of championships. And he's a quarterback that I think you don't really have to sweat at all for the near future. For another five years, I'd say, you just put him at your quarterback, quarterback one slot and you're happy with your life. Oh, absolutely. If I could buy all the shares of Trevor Lawrence in my league, I would be completely happy with that. I don't have him so high just because the schedule of the games he's playing this year is something that I factor into a year-by-year quarterback basis. And while I would love to have Trevor Lawrence over the span of the next five to ten years, Based off of his upside, the way he plays the game, his rushing ability, and the weapons he has available to him, I look at the schedule this year. The Chiefs in Week 2, the Bills in Week 5, two games against the Colts, you got the Steelers in October, you got the 49ers right after them, you got games against the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens, you got Tampa Bay, who's still got a really good defense, and the Panthers, who honestly, their defense isn't all pro league, but I definitely see it coming on the up and up. I think that that's a team that everything is trending in the right direction on. The schedule this year, going up against all those defenses, especially from the AFC North, where every team, its main strength is its defense. I'm just not seeing as good of a year this year from Trevor Lawrence, but like I said, over the span of everything, I think that he is going to be an awesome quarterback who just continues on the trend that he's had over the past three seasons, which is getting better every single season. Yep. So definitely go out and buy him. Almost no price is too high for Trevor Lawrence. If you have him, keep him. If you don't have him, try and get him. Yep, I, I mean, I, I agree. Um, one thing you were mentioning was the schedules, and I think towards the end of the season you saw that you you, you look at these elite QBs and the schedule is almost like it doesn't matter. 
they'll play great versus anybody. And when I saw Trevor Lawrence as the back half of the season excel was when he played those elite defenses was how composed and calm he looked. Um, I mean, definitely in that game against LA and against the Chargers, against one of the best defenses in the league, and they were healthy. Um, he he was composed even after the four picks he threw in the beginning of the game. He came back and led that team to a win when everyone was blaming him at the start of the game for that loss. He actually came back, brought the team back, and won. So that's that's something else to note for Trevor Lawrence. But also in that game, he did have the four interceptions against a highly elite defense. And in most leagues, those count for at least minus two points. So take whatever points that he had for that game and add eight, and he would have done just as... He would have done even better. I'm not sure exactly what it is because that is a playoff game, and in most dynasty dynasty formats those games don't count towards our season but that is just something to think about yeah let me i'm pulling it up right now and in that game um four touchdowns four picks he still had 30.42 fantasy points in that game all right that's not a bad total 40 40 28 for 47 288 four touchdowns four picks one carry for eight yards but just so, imagine if he had had those four picks taken off his record. I mean, obviously, obviously that would have increased his yardage, probably would have increased his touchdown percentage a little bit, and added eight points on top of that. So we're talking 45, 50-point performance. 30 points is nothing to shake your head at. Um, for a quarterback, especially a quarterback one, you're wanting yeah. somewhere in that 25 to 40-point range coming in. Yep. So who do you have for your number five? Uh, I'm actually at my four. Okay, four. At my four, I have Jalen Hurts, who you mentioned earlier. Okay. That rushing ability has propelled them up my uh, rankings more. Um, let me let me look here really quick. Quarterback three last year. Quarterback nine, his first year starting. Um, 3,700 yards. I think he'll probably match that. I don't know if he'll get exactly that much. I think he'll be in the 3,500-yard range. But the, but the rushing is what's to note. He's ran for 784 yards the year before and 760 this year. So he's going to be putting up elite rushing numbers on the ground, and that's what you want in, um, in fantasy because uh, a rushing yard is equal to .1. So he scored 76 points just rushing the ball. That's not counting his rushing touchdowns his, or his passing. So... He's, he's an elite quarterback. The one thing that scares me is his durability. He was he was injured for a couple weeks last year because of his shoulder, I believe it was. Um, I can't really remember, but that's, that's something that scares me, especially when you have a scrambling quarterback like Jalen Hurts. That docked him down below Trevor Lawrence, but he's elite. If he's healthy, he's going to be putting up quarterback one overall numbers. So who do you have at number four? At number four, I actually have your number two. I've got Josh Allen. Now, looking at his rankings coming into this, the lowest he was ever ranked was QB 21, 
but that was during his rookie season in 2018 where he only played 12 games. So I'll do him the favor and knock that out. His next lowest was actually the next year when he was the bona fide starter all year, playing 16 games with 324 points. He was ranked quarterback 8 that year. Looking at his stats, his pass attempts and completions have pretty much stayed the same uh, all three years that I'm counting. I'm looking at 572 in 2020, up to 645 in 21 with the addition of Stephon Diggs. But back down to 573 this past year. What is kind of concerning to me is his touchdowns have declined every single year through the air. He went from 37 in 2020 to 36 last year to only 35 this prior year. Now, a one touchdown difference isn't that big of a deal. And if Josh Allen puts up 34 touchdowns this year, you're still going to be incredibly happy. But the numbers being there do concern me a little bit, especially when you look at his sacks and fumbles. In 2020, he was sacked 26 times. In 2022, he was sacked 33 times. That shows a worsening offensive line and something that you definitely need to be concerned about. With those sacks comes 13 fumbles, as opposed to eight in 2021 and nine in 2020. So the poor offensive line, the degradation of the offensive line, I should say, for me, is what keeps him out of the top four. But having only been in the league for five years, with the arm talent that he has, with the rushing ability, the size, the weapons that he has at his disposal, he's definitely still a QB1 in every format. And he's another guy that if you have him, don't do what I did last season. Don't go ahead and draft him number two overall. Then try to get smart and trade him away, even if it does seem like you're getting a really good return for him. It's not a smart idea. I'm still trying to rebuild in that league, even though I tried something new. Yeah, I mean, elite quarterbacks are huge. You rarely come across them, and when you do, you are going to try to hold on to them because it's rare that a quarterback becomes a Josh Allen-type level. So banking on an upside of a, of a draft pick or a younger guy that hasn't proved himself yet is risky because if he doesn't hit, you just missed out on Josh Allen. So I completely get that feeling because I've done it before. I think we all have at one point or another. Um, you think that we'd learn, but no, nah, trades are there and trades are fun. So trades will keep on happening. <laughs> now, one guy that I'm actually targeting in a lot of my leagues right now is a guy that you've already mentioned, slotting in at number five on my list. We've got the 23-year-old quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, out of Clemson. Now, Trevor Lawrence, obviously it was stated before, was ranked number one coming out of high school and college for a reason. His rookie season in 2021, as I touched on yesterday, don't count that season. He was coached by Urban Meyer. That season is not what Trevor Lawrence is about. So if anyone tries to buy low from you based off of that, just completely disregard the trade. Don't send back a counter. Don't send back anything until they open up their eyes, take the wool off of them, and just see, hey, this is going to be 
one of the next elite quarterbacks. I mean, last year, in 17 games, he put up 345 points, ranked his quarterback eight, and I think he's only going to get better. With the addition of Calvin Ridley, he's got that elite weapon. Now, it may take a little bit of time for Ridley to get back into NFL form. It may take a while for him and Trevor Lawrence to really get their groove going. So you might not see those elite numbers coming right off the gate. But just be patient. If you have to eat a loss or two, go ahead and do it. Don't worry, you're going to recoup those later in the season. And especially if you're in a max points four league, Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of those guys that is incredibly valuable to your team and is probably going to be one of the best pieces on your entire roster. So don't get rid of him. Don't shake your head when he doesn't start off too hot. Just ride it out. Fantasy is full of ups and downs, even in redraft, but even more so in dynasty. Don't panic sell. Yep, I agree. And at number five, I have Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. You see, that's a little disrespectful to me right there, Kyle. (laughs) I mean, he was quarterback four last year. And let me check here. No injury. Yes, he missed the Buffalo Bills game because of an unfortunate event. But it's just there's nothing standing out in this elite tier of quarterbacks to me with Joe Burrow. Um, he doesn't have the elite rushing ability or rushing ability at all, really. He's a great pocket passer, but not to the point where he's Patrick Mahomes type. Or I don't even think he's Trevor Lawrence with the arm ability. He's more of a a mental quarterback and uses his brain brains, gets the right read, does everything correct, but he has nothing flashy or anything that will... Um, let me get the right word here. I mean, it's all it's all upside, and I don't think he has the extent of the upside as the guy that I've lifted up listed before him. Um, but he's he's still a great quarterback. He was what three in my quarterback rankings yes last uh, Tuesday. So he's still a great quarterback in my eyes. He's still about he's still in that tier one, but it's the upside that puts him five behind the other guys. See, for me, a lot of what Joe Burrow has and why I ranked him as high as I did is because of his consistency. I mean, no, he's not going to put up amazing numbers every single week, but he is usually going to be in that 25 to 40 point range that I was talking about with Patrick Mahomes. You look at his numbers last season, and if you're talking about six points per touchdown, His lowest game was against Baltimore in Week 18, where he posted 13.6 points. Now, Baltimore, of course, being AFC North team, they have an absolutely amazing defense that caused them to go 25 of 42 for 215 and one touchdown throughout the air. Yeah, and... You know, he's he's consistent and not as consistent as I said in the deleted clip before, but um, one, one thing that worries me is, yes, you have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow's about to get his contract, which will be a pretty hefty contract, and Jamar Chase is going to get paid next offseason. And they're still going to have to figure out T. Higgins' contract situation, so 
the wide receiver room, in my opinion, is not going to get better. Yes, you still have Jamar Chase, but I, I, I don't see a world where T. Higgins stays after this season. No, and, T. And Higgins that's, is... And that's just me because you got to pay a lot. You saw a lot of losses in the defense this offseason. You saw a lot of losses. Well, yes, you saw a lot of losses in the defense, and that was at the expense of Joe Burrow's contracts coming up and that D-line that they revamped and getting Orlando Brown on that offensive tackle. But you're going to have to pay three key guys that are all going to want... And T. Higgins is gonna go, gonna want a wide receiver one contract. He believes he's a wide receiver one on any other team, which he probably is for ninety percent of the teams in the league. So that's something that presents an issue in the near future, and how he'll respond with that is tight end is Irv Smith, who I do love, if he could stay healthy. So I'm excited for Joe Burrow. Um, he's number five for me. Um, and, and who do you have at number six? Well, one more thing about Joe Burrow. Um, In a league where me and Kyle just started up this past season, I actually did draft uh, Joe Burrow with the 103, I want to say. And I actually, yes, the 103. And laugh at me if you will, but I actually just traded him away earlier this month. I packaged him up with Tyler Boyd. And in return, I got A.J. Brown, two firsts, and Jared Goff, which to me is actually excellent value for where he's at. I felt comfortable doing it because I built a fairly solid roster, if I do say so myself. So if you are looking to trade away one of these quarterbacks within the top five for either of us, that's right about where you want to get around three to five first round picks of value, even though I don't normally say go ahead and do that. I did it this time just because the valuation I could get, I think will really improve my team coming down the road. But for pick number six, uh, quarterback number six, I've actually got another quarterback out of the AFC North, and no, Kenny Pickett isn't going to make the list this time. I already told you he's at number 16. I knew you had Deshaun Watson up here. No, Deshaun Watson <laughs> doesn't make my list either, buddy. Top um, 15? Wow. No, okay. not my top there's 15. Got, there's got to be some um, Geno Smiths of the world in here. All right. Uh, I've got Lamar Jackson coming in at number six, and to me, this is all upside with his rushing ability. He's projected to be quarterback number five on the season. Last year, you could really tell that the running was what carried him. And yes, he was out for the last five games of the season. That was primarily due to an injury. And then after he healed up from the injury, it was due to his contract. With him being paid this offseason... Even if he is injured and out for a week or two, don't look for an extended holdout this time because he got himself that bag. But only 26 years old, five years in the NFL, at 6'2", 230, he's got a good frame for a quarterback. Maybe not the frame that you would want from a rushing quarterback. I'd prefer a primarily rushing quarterback to have more of a frame of Josh Allen, but he's still the best running quarterback in the league. Um, Last year, he was your QB 14. 
but he did post up 764 yards on the ground compared to 2,242 through the air. Now, a lot of that is due to lackluster wide receivers, so he's not going to have the passing numbers that some of these other quarterbacks have. But the way they built their offensive line should protect him, give him more holes to run through. He should have better wide receivers this year, and as always, he's got probably... He could be an argument for either the number one or number two tight end in the league in Mark Mm. Andrews. I mean, obviously, Travis Kelsey is up there, too. But Mark Andrews is just absolutely special. And I think that if you went ahead and flip-flopped Andrews and Kelsey, both of them would have the exact same amount of success that they're currently having. So based off of all that, I feel really confident in having Lamar Jackson at my number six spot. I I see the argument there. Not that I'm going to dig on Lamar Jackson there, but if you're if you're injured, you're putting a big fat zero in the in the column for points that week. That's why it's always good to have your handcuffs. Yes, and you do have t- Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. Which him. is a little bit of an insult, but yes, <laughs> he can now put that on his resume. Yes, but you know. The thing with Lamar Jackson is his availability, which concerns me because I want my quarterback to be there every week. And a quarterback that's going to be there every week is my quarterback six, Justin Herbert. And this is where this is the last quarterback of my tier one guys, per se. Um, yes, he had a little bit of a down year. He had a lot of injuries on his team. But, man, can he sling, this, can he sling the football? I mean, he came in his rookie season – Came in for Tyrod Taylor week three. Um, and he was quarterback nine that season. And he missed two games because he was the backup. Um, the next season after that, he was quarterback two with the whole, with the healthy team. Posted a 5,000 yard uh, year. And this season, everyone called, everyone would expect, you know, if, if you're guessing Justin Herbert's stats, how many yards would you think he had? With the injuries to his wide receiving core, not looking at it, I'd guess somewhere right around 3,000 yards. Yeah, he actually had 4,700 yards passing, which is secretly very, very good. Um, The issue was, fantasy-wise, is you weren't getting the touchdown rate, and that's usually caused by the wide receivers. Um, if you get wide receivers that are open in the red zone, which is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, forte, they'll do that, and they were injured for most of the season. So I, I expect that touchdown to go up by at least 10. I see him going anywhere in the 35 to 40 touchdown range next season. Um, I expect him to have 4,700-plus yards passing next season. And I'm excited for Justin Herbert and what he can do with uh, Austin Eckler and a Quentin Johnston added to that offense. Yeah, Quentin Johnston added to that offense I think is going to do wonders for Justin Herbert. I haven't seen it yet, which is why I've got him just a little bit lower on my list. I'll be talking about him fairly soon. But Justin Herbert does excite me. He's excited me since he came in for Tyrod, and that just hasn't left all of my guys in the top 10 while not necessarily 
in my tier one because I think honestly Patrick Mahomes is in a tier all by himself. Yeah, that that's that's something I was debating and just doing a tier one for Patrick Mahomes, but um, I I felt like just having one guy in a tier one was kind of uh, it didn't feel right, so I merged them all. But everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes is in it. He's like a tier zero for me. You know. Yeah, he, I mean he's definitely an S tier guy for me. Uh, everyone up until this point, so two through six for me, is definitely in my A tier. Starting out my B tier is actually a guy who's coming into a situation I talked a lot about last year, which is his third year blow up. Last year, he wasn't the hottest quarterback in the league. He did really start to come on in the back half of the season and wound up earning himself a number seven overall ranking with 325 points. I'm talking about Justin Fields. Now, with two years in the league, he is primed for a massive, massive explosion. The Chicago Bears have put a lot of work into their offensive line. I'm not, I'm still not too terribly excited about their wide receivers. Uh, having Chase Claypool as your wide receiver one, to me, isn't all that good of a move. I know that Chase thinks that he's a top three wide receiver in the league. But if we go by his stats and his performance, we can see that that just is not true. So he's definitely got a lot of work to do before he can accurately make that claim. But I do think that Justin puts up a really good year with his rushing ability. I mean, last year he had 160 attempts for 1,143 yards, which I believe is the most rushing yards out of a quarterback last season. He averaged 7.14 yards per carry, so he's almost getting a first down every single time he keeps the ball, and even ran for eight touchdowns. Now, the flip side of that is he did get sacked 55 times, and he fumbled the ball 16 times, but he only did lose two of those fumbles, so even when he drops the ball... He's doing a really good job at picking it up. So I'm expecting to see some pretty good things come out of Justin Fields. And especially with Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers to go to the New York Jets, that's two games a year that he's not facing an elite-level quarterback and can be more careful and more conservative with the way that he distributes the ball as he's not going to be in shootouts so often. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that defense is going to be really good at all. They're better. That secondary is a lot better. That D-line does worry me. But they're going to let up a lot of points, and that just means more time for playing for Justin Fields. Um, That offense is a lot better. You got a three-wide receiver set with, um, man, I'm blanking out here, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and uh, Darnell Mooney. Yes. Um, So I think that... So hopefully the Bears know what I do, and... Don't put Chase Claypool in the wide receiver one slot. Come on, put DJ Moore there. We all know it's the right move. Um, So I expect a jump here. Um, The thing that worries me is his second contract. So we haven't seen it yet. I think he will get it, but even the Bears dance with the trade this offseason. That's that's something that worries me. Um, They were never going to trade him. 
they were always going to trade out of the number one spot. Always. There was no question about it. They just put out the fact that they were questioning to try and improve the value of the number one pick, which honestly, you're going to get value out of the number one pick overall because it's the number one pick. Everyone wants the best quarterback in the league, especially this past year with Bryce Young coming out. So that was never going to happen. Chicago is all in on Justin Fields. They loved him coming out of Ohio State. And even though he did have what some consider to be a down year last year, Mm. if his down year still nets him seven overall, I'm excited to see what he can become. Yeah, the the thing that worries me is, you know, you look at at Herbert and he has a quote-unquote down year where he's not playing remotely close to his quarterback ability, he'll still be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. You look at Fields, if he has another down year, now, I think he had a good year last year with the weapons he was he had, but if he has a down year this year, there's going to be question marks and there's going to be talks for sure. So that that's something, it's just, he's still up there for me. It's just the quarterbacks ahead of him, I like more. That It just comes to that. It's just liking quarterbacks ahead of him more. And what, are we on seven? Yes. And at seven, I have a quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. And this is where upside comes to play, if you didn't see it earlier in the rankings. Um, His rushing ability that we saw in Houston is something that we didn't really get to see last year with a short amount of time to practice with the first team. Now, with the whole offseason with the team and getting reps with Cooper, that old line and everything, I think you'll see him a lot more comfortable in that offense. His rushing ability is one of the best we have seen in the league. Um, getting a first down when needed and doing what he needs to do to keep that football moving forward is something that we saw with Deshaun Watson in Houston. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited to see him in Cleveland with the full offseason. Um, his passing ability is really good, which we saw at Clemson and at Houston. So I'm, I'm really excited for Deshaun Watson. Um, this upcoming season, I think he's one of a quarterback you could get for cheap that you could label elite at the end of the season. And I don't even have Deshaun Watson in my rankings, so let that Ooh. tell you a little something. I'm going to bring it back down to reality and tell you that in our startup league, uh, Kyle went ahead and drafted him with a 212, which we all know is basically a third. So if you truly believe that a guy can be elite, are you really waiting until the third round to pick him up? I'm really not. let's Let's be real here for a second. That was my second pick, and I had no, I took him Within five seconds, I looked at I looked at the board. I said I saw Deshaun Watson. I saw Kyler Murray. I said, "Hmm, how easy? This can't be true. Like, how? Why is it so easy to pick up Deshaun Watson?" So I clicked that button and never looked back. So uh, it's so easy to pick up Deshaun Watson because no one wants to run the risk <laughs> of finding him in another massage parlor. But but, but looking at upside, man. But that looking upside. at the on the field stuff. Last year, his best game was in Week 17 against the Washington Commanders, who we may not get to call the Commanders very much longer because their trademark for it was actually denied because someone else has that name. So we might be on their fourth name in as many years coming up here soon. 
But in a six-point touchdown league, he had 27.86 points, which is right at the very bottom of where you want your quarterback one to be each week. Now, a lot of that is the fact that he didn't have the ability to practice with the first team as he was suspended for most of the year. But to me, that says a lot about his ability. Actually watching him play, he didn't even look too sure of himself in the quarterback position. You would think that an elite quarterback would come out onto the field and command the presence no matter how long he's had to practice. Look at what Baker did last year for the Rams while only having three days to prepare. Deshaun was able to practice, I believe, starting in week 11 and was able to actually hit the field in week 13. So you know that he had at least one full week from 12 to 13 with the first team. So I would have expected somewhere along the lines of a Baker Mayfield performance out of him. But instead, he went 12 for 22 and 131, which netted him, say it with me, 5.34 fantasy points. So while I'm expecting him to be a mediocre starter, I don't see his value going any higher than a quarterback two in the 2023 season. I mean, if you watched any of the Cleveland Brown games, you noticed that the Browns did not really give him a long leash. Um, You saw a lot of running the ball with Nick Chubb, which I, I don't blame the Browns, but I expect them, and you saw them over time at the end of the season, give more, I mean, set up more plays to pass. Um, you You just saw a lot of running, and you saw in that Houston game, they never had the ball. I mean, I think Houston had let up two defensive touchdowns, where the Cleveland Browns scored two defensive touchdowns, so Cleveland never had the ball. Um... I expect him to have a huge jump. I mean, you saw him before the suspension. He had three quarterback five finishes on the year in a row. I expect him to be there, if not maybe a quarterback four or three. I think he has that upside to put up a quarterback one year, but I think he'll be a quarterback one on your team this upcoming season. All right, well, let's look at a game where he had a little bit longer of a leash and had the ball in his hands quite often. I'm talking week 18, playing in Pittsburgh. He put up 21.6 points. He went 19 for 29, 230 yards. Yes, he had two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. So if that's him having a longer leash and the ability to pass the ball, as a Steelers fan, I feel quite confident in facing him twice this upcoming season. Also, One more thing to put up before we go into our next spot on the rankings. Looking in Sleeper, in the entire community, he's only rostered on 34% of teams, and he's only starting on 3%. Yeah, that can't be right. Uh, It is, sir. Would you like me to turn my computer around? Oh, I see it. I'm just saying. I I don't... There's got to be some math error there because he's taken in the first two rounds of every league I'm in. Yeah, you take him in the first two rounds. (laughs) You are in that 3%. (laughs) I'm trying to to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, because Justin Fields is only starting at 15%. So I'm trying to to figure out what this number is, if it's 
one QB leagues, if it's redraft leagues. I'm not too sure because let me look here. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me, that number. But that number is still a number, and it's 34 and 3. Just watch, just watch. He'll, he'll put up a top a top 10 quarterback finish this year. With, with the weapons he has, he'll put up a top 10 quarterback finish this year. So does that mean we're on to quarterback 8? Yep. All right, for number eight in my rankings, I actually have Justin Herbert. Now, while I was doing this, while we were uh, recording this, you actually convinced me to move him up a spot from nine to eight. Because I originally had him as QB nine, so I just went ahead and switched those two because I do still believe my quarterback nine purely on upside. But everything that you gave, every reason for Justin Herbert – is still incredibly accurate. I mean, he's ranked as the quarterback 11 this year with Quentin Johnston. I definitely expect that to go up. Looking at his rankings, he had one really, really bad game last year versus Denver. I'd have to rewatch that game in order to say why. But... I can't remember that game at all. If you look over his entire career... 11 is the worst that he's done. He's been ranked as quarterback 2 in 2021 and quarterback 9 in 2020 when he missed two entire games. So I really attribute that more to the availability of his weapons. And like Kyle said, he's still through for almost 4,750 yards with 25 touchdowns. So this is a guy that definitely deserves to be in the top 10. He's rostered in 100% of leagues. He's starting in 99% of them. He's only 25. He's 6'6", 236. He can take a hit. He loves throwing the ball deep, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities to make those splash plays that make quarterbacks so worth it. The only real knock that I have on him is he's not that efficient of a rusher. Last year, he rushed for he rushed 54 times for 147 yards, averaging 2.72 yards per carry and no touchdowns. So to me, that's the only reason he's not ranked a little bit higher because a dual threat quarterback is the way that the league is going. So those guys are automatically going to be a little bit more valuable. But for me, Justin Herbert and the way he sees the game, the way he plays the game, for me, definitely, definitely um, deserves a top 10 ranking. I mean, my number eight is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Um, The thing that kind of docks him down a little bit is what I mentioned earlier is his injuries and availability. Um, I want a quarterback scoring points for me every week. And Lamar Jackson hasn't done that the past three seasons. He's missed games. He's missed he's missed a game in the last three seasons, and he's missed five the last two. And that's separate. So he's missed ten games the last two seasons. Um, he has not recorded a top-nine quarterback finish in the last three years since his MVP, since his MVP year. Um, but that offense is evolving. I'm hoping that the new offensive coordinator passes the ball a lot more and gets him in situations where he's not getting hurt. But um, I'm looking forward to Lamar Jackson this year with OBJ there, with um, 
Zay Flowers there, who I think is almost identical to a Marquise Brown type player, which I think Lamar Jackson loved. Um, Mark Andrews is going to be there. Isaiah Likely, that offensive line is still really, really good. That defense is even better. Um, so I'm expecting a lot of things this year from Lamar Jackson, and you can't predict injury. So I'm I'm just praying he stays healthy because if he is, he's a top quarterback in the league. Um, but that history of being injured um, does scare me and move me down a little, move him down a couple of points from to other QBs I like more. So he's quarterback eight for me. Not much I have to say. You covered most of it. All right, cool. Uh, who do you have in your number nine slot? So this is my first uh, rookie. Okay. I have a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, Anthony Richardson. I think the upside is through the roof. I think he's the only quarterback that can really compete with Patrick Mahomes, the upside-wise, in fantasy football. Not in real life, in fantasy football. Um, You saw in the combine, he broke records left and right. I think he went to a situation that can was probably the best situation for any of the rookie quarterbacks at four. You Absolutely. get one of the best running backs in the league. You get Michael Pittman. You They also bring in um, the wide receiver Josh Downs out of North Carolina. Um, you also have a really good tight end, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, I guess he wasn't as good since I can't remember his name, but... Um, he, he's in a, one of the best offensive lines in the league. A really, really good defense. Tight end Jelani Woods. Yes, Jelani Woods is who I was thinking of, I believe. So The only other one is Mo Cox. Yeah, it was Jelani Woods. So John, Jelani Woods is young. I think Anthony Richardson will target him a lot, along with Michael Pittman as his safety valve. Um, this offense is going to be a lot better. They're going to be scoring a lot of points. And I'm really excited for Anthony Richardson here. Um, his upside is through the roof. Like I said earlier, his rushing ability is amazing. If he gets coached the right way, I see him competing, like I said earlier, with Patrick Mahomes as the dynasty quarterback one in a couple years. And as I discussed at the beginning of the episode, I didn't include any rookies in my rankings, just purely out of principle of not seeing them in the NFL level. But if I was going to include any rookies in my rankings, it would have been Anthony Richardson. I am really excited to see what this kid can do. I mean, we're not even through the first week of OTAs, and he's already in line to be the Colts' day one starter. So you know this kid is going to be something special. There was a lot of concerns about his lack of playing ability down in Florida. But watching him play, especially when they played Alabama, I was nothing but impressed with him. And the way that he looked at what Will Levis did with the football and hit the roof, he came right back when he did the same thing. And he said, I wanted to put a hole through the damn thing. So to me, that shows a level of competitive fire and wanting to be the best. And I think that out of any quarterback coming out of the 2023 draft class, He's got the ability to do so just because he's got one hell of an arm and he can also use his legs really well. And like I said, and Kyle said, out of any situation that really any rookie 
found themselves out of this entire draft class. I think that Anthony Richardson to the Colts was the absolute perfect spot. I mean, you've got an amazing team around you, as Kyle just mentioned, but you've also got a really great mentor in Gardner Minshew. I mean, no, Gardner isn't the best quarterback in the league, but he's been around. I mean, Minshew mania has been a thing for the past couple of years. So he knows how the NFL goes. He knows how to be successful. And he'll just be another coach for Anthony Richardson, which is beyond valuable. So while he doesn't make my top 15 list, I don't blame Kyle at all for putting him in there based off of the fantasy upside. Meanwhile, for me, my quarterback is another guy that, like Lamar Jackson, his main concern is injuries. I'm talking about the 25-year-old quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, man. Now, I understand the concussions and the fact that if he gets another bad one, he's probably never going to play a snap of football ever again, which is why I don't have him as high as I had some of my other guys. But last year, he only played in 13 games. He missed four entire games on the season, and he was still ranked as quarterback number 15. Now, I'll be the first to admit and say that I know a lot of that was based off of his week two performance against Baltimore, where he went 36 of 50 for 469 yards and and six touchdowns earning himself 50.86 points in six-point touchdown formats. Looking at a lot more of the games, you're going to see him more around the 25 to 35-point spread, which isn't bad for a quarterback. But I think that the Dolphins, and looking at what they know of Tua and the concerns that they have for his concussions are going to take this offseason to improve the offensive line all that they can and really get those guys coached up and gelling well with the main concern of keeping Tua upright. I think that if Tua stays upright with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, with Durham Smythe as their tight end, with Raheem Moster coming back, Adding in my favorite running back out of the class in Devin A. Chain, I think that he's got a really, really good chance to jump up another few spots in your overall quarterback rankings. And as long as he stays available, I can definitely see him being a QB1 in the league for the next few years. You know, the second you said his name, I got a little upset. And then I started thinking, I'm like, okay. The value that some of you guys can get him at is crazy. He's going round five, six, seven in startups. So you could almost pay just a, a first round pick for him um, straight up for Tua, which which is great because if he if he's playing, I see the upside to see where he can be a quarterback one. Not overall, but a, a quarterback one. Um, but that's a big if, if he's playing because in a, it only takes one hit to where you don't have a quarterback anymore and you're looking for a new quarterback and you don't have your 24 first um, or whatever first you paid for him. So 
it's just it's too risky for me. Tua needs. Uh, I mean, he's suffered injuries all through college, and now he's suffering injuries through the NFL when he's getting hit by you know just bigger guys. Um, if he's healthy, though, I definitely see a world where he can be a quarterback. What what he's nine or ten for you? Yeah, he's quarterback nine for me. Where he is quarterback nine, it's just there's too many guys ahead of him that I like more. Less risk, but higher reward. Um, One more thing on Tua. I just looked up his most recent medical history, and he came out and said that the doctors have told him that he isn't at significant risk for CTE and doesn't have any extra risk of suffering additional concussions. So to me, that just improves his upside. I mean, yeah, one more really bad hit, and you're going to see those fingers flex just like they did in that game last year that scared us all. I believe that was week four of Cincinnati. Yep, and I mean, the, the thing that I can't really believe that for, believe that is because we heard that twice last year. One at halftime or whenever he got pulled against the Bills, they what did they bring him back on the field or was was he just good to go for that next week and he suffered and the doctor and the doctor said he was good to go he's not he's not going to suffer a cte or whatever another concussion but that and, doctor and was fired for the doctor was fired but who knows if that doctor is going to be fired for you know the same thing maybe Tua is just you know i i don't i'm not a big fan on you know people being injury prone but this is something that you're you're walking a fine line because you know quarterbacks get concussions, they get injuries all the time. But if Tua suffers another one, I think there's 90 percent chance he's done with football. Oh, absolutely. I I definitely agree with that. And even though there is that risk, a lot of fantasy football is taking risks. I mean. You can't predict injury, and you never know when someone's going to have a good game or a bad game. I mean, look at Russell Wilson last year. How many of us actually went into last season thinking that Russell Wilson was going to become the joke that he was? We were super excited for him to get in there with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and just absolutely light it up. But that didn't happen. So, Tua is a risk that I'm definitely willing to take, especially since last season he led the league in yards per pass attempt with 8.9. So, Kyle's favorite word of this episode is going to be upside, and the upside of Tua makes him worth the risk, at least for me. Yep, and uh, number 10, I actually have a quarterback that you mentioned earlier in Justin Fields. Um no real big doc on him besides his passing ability and unknown you know there's there's not a big question mark for his future but there's a little one whereas the quarterbacks ahead of him besides Anthony Richardson don't have court question marks at all in my opinion um but Justin Fields I just it's just um the passing ability from Justin Fields we haven't seen yet um he seemed to miss on a lot of passes, which was very unlike him in college. And I, I, I was a Justin Fields truther before many were. Um, I actually wanted him in many of my dynasty leagues before he blew up. And 
seeing him miss on some of these throws that I saw him miss as a Michigan fan in college. He, he was not missing that in college. So it, it, I always believed in him. I always thought he'd be better at that, where the one thing that he did just blow up out of nowhere, putting 189 yards rushing in a week was his rushing ability. And in fantasy football, that's going to be huge. He did put up a quarterback seven finish last year, despite a really, really slow start. Um, so the upside is there, and I love the upside in Justin Fields. It's just I don't, I don't know how this offense will play out with a lot of new weapons, and it's his passing ability that does scare me a little bit. I don't have much uh, questions about it, but it's just the quarterbacks. I mean, he's just uh, he's falling in my rankings because of the quarterbacks ahead of him. Definitely understandable. Definitely understandable. Um, like I said earlier, the rushing upside for Justin Fields and the new weapons that he has just catapult him along with the trend that we've seen recently of quarterbacks really hitting their stride in the in their third season. So while I don't disrespect him being ranked in the top 10, I do think he merits a little bit more value for me personally. Um, but for me at number 10, I've actually got the oldest quarterback that I think either of us will be talking about this year. And the only reason I don't have this guy higher is because of his age. At 39, he's not going to be in the league too terribly much longer. But going into this next season on a brand new team, I think that he is definitely going to put up quarterback one numbers like we're used to seeing. And of course, I am talking about Aaron Rodgers. In his entire career with Green Bay, he has only not finished two seasons in 2017 and 2013, where he still put up QB 29 and QB 24 rankings, respectively. In other seasons, most of his finishes are single digit. He's got a couple of ones, a few twos. And the lowest that he's gone besides last season was quarterback nine. Now, last season he did hit quarterback 13, but that was on a severely declining Green Bay Packers team where he didn't have too many weapons that he was comfortable with. So going into this season with Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb, two guys that he's familiar with and the reigning rookie offense Offensive Rookie of the Year, along with Brees Hall in the backfield and Tyler Conklin as his tight end, I think that we are going to see Aaron Rodgers' value skyrocket in most formats, purely, mainly as a rental, a bridge type of quarterback, especially if you're a guy looking to snag up uh, Caleb Williams coming in the 2024 class. I think that Aaron Rodgers would be a really good guy to have this year and probably next while you've got Caleb stashed on your taxi squad. Um, the only thing I disagree here with is his age. Um, I think it plays a bigger role in Dynasty than being a quarterback 10 for me. Um, being 39 years old... 
and he he almost retired last year, so he he still can retire. Oh, Aaron's a and, drama and, guy, and he He's... he I think he'll retire if not this ne- upcoming off season, then up, uh, the off season after that. So you'll have at most two two years of him, which isn't bad at all. Um, you're you're just not getting that youth that most of these quarterbacks have, and that upside that most of these these quarterbacks have. I think. I mean, I think uh, Rodgers is going to have an incredible year with that Jets offense and is going to propel um, Garrett Wilson to a whole new level as a wide receiver. But the upside and the youth is why he's ranked so low for me. See, and I agree with the age, which is why I did hesitate to put him on here. But especially for win-now teams, this is a guy that... You honestly just need to have on your roster. The age will probably drive down his value quite a bit. I mean, it didn't for me. I actually got him for Derek Carr uh, and a fourth-round pick. And I went ahead and I flipped him for two firsts, a second, and Sam Howell, who I'm hoping turns into somebody, but Sam Howell is currently riding my bench. So the value for people is is still there, even in dynasty formats. I mean, he's rostered in 95% of leagues. Yes, he's only starting in 57% of them. But a lot of that, I'm thinking, has come very recently. I haven't been keeping an eye on these numbers. But with Aaron dealing with a calf strain just two days ago, I feel like the number of people who are starting him has come down quite a bit. But for me, that calf strain is minor, and every word out of the Jets is that he's expected to return to the field soon. So I think that especially for win-now teams or teams on the edge of being win-now, I think that Aaron Rodgers, especially for the next two years, is just going to be that extra little piece that you can add to help you win the championship both this season and next season while rostering another quarterback to take his spot when eventually he does fulfill all the drama that he loves to cause and actually retires and goes off to do ayahuasca and stay in the darkness for a week at a time or whatever he likes to do. And, I mean, the only things I'll add to that is, yes, he's a, I mean, I think he's a perfect win-now piece. Um, the age kind of does hurt his value in a dynasty league. But if you're winning now, go get him for cheap. Um and that's all I really got to say. Um, so jumping into my 11. Yeah. Was that your 10? Just yeah, there? that was my 10. All right. So jumping into my 11, I have my second quarterback that is a rookie off the board for me. I have quarterback Bryce Young that went to the Carolina Panthers, age 21, out of Alabama, first overall pick. And, um, you know, having that first overall pick, you're going to have a super, super big leash. Um they're, they're the only time you've ever seen a quarterback with top five overall pick be, you know, thrown aside within the first two seasons is Zach Wilson. So I think he'll at least be the starter for at least another two years, if not three, if he's playing bad. Um, but he's been a top recruit. He reminds me a lot of Trevor Lawrence, just a lot smaller, which is you know, worrisome, but as a recruit and a prospect, he reminds me a lot of Trevor Lawrence coming out of college. 
And I like Bryce Young. I was super happy that he didn't go to the Houston Texans because I think that Carolina is probably one of the best spots for him to go and really succeed. I mean, with the new addition of Adam Thielen, he's got a guy who's been in the league for years working with Kirk Cousins, so he knows how to play the game. He's also got DJ Chark, Terrence Marshall, and Hayden Hurst. So I think that Thielen and Hurst are really going to be his safety blankets going into this upcoming season. And having a backfield of Miles Sanders and Raheem Blackshear really isn't that bad of a uh, backfield either. Uh, Last year I put Blackshear in. And turns out that I put him in one week too early, unfortunately, right before he had his big game last season. But I knew he was primed for one. I just misjudged the time. But one of the reasons why I don't put rookie quarterbacks in is if you look at the guys that were taken first overall, especially in recent years, the guy who really stands out to me as being an example of why you need to treat these rookies with a little bit of foreboding is really Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield, while yes, he did do excellent things for the Browns, he's now on his third team in as many seasons. So to me, that's really just a cautionary tale. And I like to see quarterbacks actually do it in the league before they go ahead and make any of my lists. But... But the thing you're saying is he's getting chances on other teams because of his draft capital. People are like, teams are trying to find what made Baker Mayfield go that high, and they're still starting him. So that's that's why having that draft capital is important to me, is because he's still going to get chances no matter what, and he's going to have a longer lease, like, like the Browns. And I, I think he would still be starting on the Browns today if it wasn't for that trade for Deshaun Watson. Eh, possibly. I'd feel a little bit better about facing the Browns twice a year if they still had Baker Mayfield starting for them. But in my quarterback 11 spot, I've actually got Daniel Jones in there. Now, if you had asked me at this point last season, there's absolutely no way that Daniel Jones would have even sniffed this top 15 list. But last year, earning himself a quarterback 9 ranking... I just couldn't bring myself to leave this guy off. At only 25, 6'5", 230 pounds, when Brian Dable got there, he just exploded. And it was awesome to see for a team that took their guy and stuck with him long enough for him to really take off. And you saw that in his four-year, $160 million contract to remain with them. I mean, last year he went 317 for 472 for 3,200 yards and 15 touchdowns, which just absolutely blows away anything else that he's done. And people really aren't seeing the level that he can get to. In most startups, he's going somewhere around the fourth to the sixth round. So this is a guy that will definitely headline your team that you can still get for really cheap in most formats. So I would definitely say go out and get him. I wouldn't pay more than 
let's say two firsts worth of value for him, especially with the way that dynasty formats are today. But if you can go out there and get him for that, this is definitely a quarterback that with the upside and Brian Dable coaching him is definitely one worth having. I don't I don't hate it. Um, I'm not too high on Daniel Jones. I think this is more of a one to two year contract for him. Um, it allows a lot of flexibility after year two. And I think if he does not that good of a job and they're in a position to go get a quarterback like Drake May in the draft, um, I think they have a shot to do that. And I'm not, I'm not too high on Daniel Jones as a quarterback himself. I don't think he deserved that contract at all. He did get that contract, though, so it is worth noting, and that's why he is my quarterback 17. Um, but but he doesn't crack the top 15 for me, and that's just because of him as a quarterback I'm not a big fan of. And I think that he's going to do a lot to change your mind. I mean, adding Paris Campbell from the Colts and bringing in Darren Waller from the Raiders, to me, that's the really big addition there. Giving him a big body with excellent hands to go up and really get those contested first downs and keep that offense on the field. And, of course, they've got Saquon Barkley, who does have some injury concerns, but when he's healthy, definitely competes for the number one running back in the league. I just think that this is an offense that is primed for success, and if Daniel Jones continues... In year four, what he built on in year three, I think that he's going to really surprise a lot of people. And jumping into my quarterback 12, I have a quarterback that won't be playing for most of this year, but as a dynasty quarterback, which which is why he has fallen down on my list a little bit. But I think this team is going in the right direction. I think this quarterback will have a huge improvement next season um, with a whole offseason of rest. I have Kyler Murray as my dynasty quarterback 12. His rushing ability, like I said, his upside and his ability to post a quarterback one week is there. Um, Not that he's going to hit it every week, but it's there. Um, He has the rushing ability. He's going to have the weapons. I think this team is in a prime position to go get a wide receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr., which if they do, Kyler Murray is one of the most sexiest quarterbacks in Dynasty football because if you're throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., you're guaranteed a great stat line. No matter, I mean, I could be throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., and he's grabbing that thing. So, And you're even shorter than he is, I think. No, I'm I'm actually taller than Kyler Murray. So if, really, you're above five ten. I'm five eleven. So oh, you don't look it. <laughs> wow, how rude! Hey, check my driver's license, all right? <laughs> check my driver's license. But so yeah, I, I'm excited. I think this team did exactly what they needed to do. I think they had probably the best draft in the NFL this la- this uh, past draft, getting that first round pick of the Houston Texans, who are stupid for giving their first-round pick while they're still rebuilding. (laughs) So I I think that's stupid. They still moved back four spots and still got their guy they wanted at three to protect protect Kyler Murray next season. So I'm excited. I think this team's heading in the right direction. 
Um, I don't see where old D Hop is a wide receiver on this team next year, but I'm excited for Kyler Murray, and I'm holding on to him, if not buying him in every league I can. I think this is the cheapest you'll ever be able to get Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. Kyle Murray is super cheap and a really good investment going into this season and next season, which is why I've actually got him at number 12, too. Oh, look at that. Now, he is coming off his worst season where he only threw for 2,368 yards, 14 touchdowns, and seven picks. And he will be out the majority of the season, more than likely, with his ACL. But if you look at the team that he has around him, D-Hop, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Trey McBride, and James Conner. Really, the only weakness that I see there is the running back with James Conner, who, by the way, now seven years, cancer-free officially. Congratulations to him. But I do think that this upcoming year, even with all those weapons, the Cardinals are still going to be a bottom team in the NFL. And they'll have... Two extremely high first-round picks with both theirs and the Houston Texans. While I do think that they trade away one of those, especially if they get the 101, I do think that they keep the 102 and go with Marvin Harrison Jr. So even if DeAndre Hopkins does leave, you can slot Marvin Harrison Jr. right into that wide receiver one slot. I would feel 100% confident in doing that. But if for some reason DeAndre Hopkins does stay, Marvin Harrison automatically becomes your wide receiver too. And then you have a three-wide set of D-Hop, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Marquise Brown. With Trey McBride in tight end and hopefully a new running back. But to me, that is a team that just blows a lot of other teams out of the water. With him being the number one overall pick in 2019, a lot of people didn't agree with that, especially seeing as he's so short. Apparently, a little bit shorter than Kyle, but we'll get the tape measure out to actually prove that. But he's gotten significantly better each year, besides last year, which was just absolutely disastrous. So as long as the dude gets healthy, stays healthy, and puts down Call of Duty... I think that he's going to be an amazing asset going forward and definitely someone that I'm looking into buying. Like, I mean, I, I'd say I agree, but he's in the same slot as you, so I definitely do agree with that. And I think that's the first one we've agreed on since Patrick Mahomes. I so, think so. So that's that's crazy. We, yeah. we start agreeing on Patrick Mahomes, and I do not think we'll agree on 15 because my 15 is somebody that you'll uh, hate me for putting at 15. But like I said, upside. So, as my 13th quarterback, I have my third and final rookie quarterback in my top 15. I have C.J. Stroud, quarterback okay. of the Houston Texans. Um, yes, the situation is not looking too great. Um, you have your wide receiver one is Tank Dell and Robert Woods. Your running back is Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. Your tight end is Brevin Jordan. But they added Dalton Schultz, which I think is a secretly a great add, and I think he'll have an amazing year with C.J. Stroud as rookie type, rookie quarterbacks often search for their uh, safety valve, which will be Dalton Schultz in this off 
in this offense. So I love C.J. Stroud. I had him actually above Bryce Young coming into the draft. Leaving it, he they're like neck and neck with me. Um, but the situation is why I have C.J. Stroud um, at 13 instead of 11 or 12. See, I bought into the hype going into the draft that if Bryce Young wasn't there at 102, that the Texans weren't looking to take a quarterback. And I got super excited for C.J. Stroud because I figured that he would go to a place where he could really thrive, and that just didn't happen. Even if I was putting rookies onto this list, I think I would have left C.J. Stroud off of it At Ohio State, he wasn't quite the quarterback that Bryce Young was at Alabama. Admittedly, he was better than Anthony Richardson at Florida, but really C.J. Stroud didn't show me anything to really shock me until this last season in the playoffs where he played some fantastic games. And I do see that he is starting strong at OTAs with him doing an excellent job as Aaron Wilson of KPRC2 Houston reporting. And he, but he's not getting first quarterback slots. Davis Mills is still getting first quarterback slots at OTAs. Stroud is getting the second slot, which does put him above Case Keenum. And he will start this year, but with Ryan saying that they won't name a starter until at least training camp. I don't know if he's going to be under center week one, especially not getting the first team reps and with any struggles that he may have. So CJ Stroud to me is definitely the last quarterback in this class that I would put on this list. I may even be tempted to put Will Levis above him. Ooh, that, that is... That's bold. We got to write that down. The draft capital is not uh, promising for Will <laughs> Levis, even with the same team. This team took what an offensive tackle at eleven over Will Levis. So, yeah, I mean, and I mean no disrespect to C.J. Stroud when I say that. It's mainly the situations that they find themselves going into. We've all laughed at the Cleveland Browns for years for just being the Cleveland Browns. I firmly believe that the Houston Texans have now taken over that spot. So I think that the Texans are going to continue to be the Houston Texans and be absolutely atrocious this year. Their offensive line isn't good. I think that C.J. Stroud is going to be sacked more than any other quarterback in the league, presuming he starts every game this season. But I don't think there's going to be a single game that he gets out of where he doesn't have at least three or four sacks on his stat sheet. So I'm just not too confident in the situation surrounding C.J. Stroud, and I do wish that he had gone somewhere better where he could actually flourish. I think that the Texans are going to finish probably having the first spot in the draft, which of course is currently held by the Cardinals. We'll see if they can't make another trade to go ahead and get that back because I think that they are desperately going to need it going into this next season. Who do you who do you have at thirteen? 
At 13, I've actually got a little bit of a sleeper and one that may give get me some flack, but I've actually got Jared Goff sitting in at number 13. And to me, this is definitely an upside pick, definitely continuing off of last season where he got a quarterback 10 ranking. He went 382 of 587 for almost 4,500 yards. Went 29 and 7 in TD to interception ratio. Even did a little bit on the ground. Not the best because, as we all know, Jared Goff isn't the fastest man alive. Definitely more of a pocket passer, but he did get 2.52 yards per carry. So if you desperately need like a third and one or a fourth and one, especially late in the game, I wouldn't hate giving him the ball. He's shown just enough to where he can do that. Now, the real thing here is, of course, Amon Ra St. Brown. With Amon Ra, Jared Goff's upside goes through the roof. Now, week seven, when Jameson Williams comes back, that just throws his upside even more. And I love Brock Wright, too. And also throwing in Jameer Gibbs. I've been doing a lot of thinking about Gibbs. Oh, man, I love and, Gibbs. You know I love me some Oh, Gibbs. absolutely. And you've actually been the one who's been making me think about him a little bit. I've been, I, I've been high on Gibbs ever since he got drafted. The second he got drafted, I said, man. While I didn't special. love the draft capital spent on him, I'm more of the mindset of no matter where it's at, if you have a guy, go and get him. Now, obviously, I'm not going to take a Nick Herbig in the first. But within reason, if you can go get your guy, go ahead and get him. And I don't think that Jameer Gibbs could have landed in a better situation. Especially with David Montgomery just signing and coming out of the backfield. I think that I think that while I think that while Jamison Williams is suspended. He's going to be more of a slot receiver than he actually is going to be a running back. And I know that Kyle has said that he sees kind of a Debo Samuel on steroids role coming out of him. And the more I look at it, the more I actually agree with that. I don't necessarily agree about the on steroids point, but I do see a Debo-esque role coming through with him. I mean, this is a team that was sitting there at 12 they knew their wide receiver, too, that they really didn't use when he was there last year, when he was healthy. Uh, it's suspended for six games. This is a team, at the time, they had DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, and they opted for Jameer Gibbs over a guy like JSN, who was the consensus number one wide receiver coming into the draft. So I think this team has very bright plans for Gibbs. Um, but this is not a running back show, so I'm going to try to save that for the running back show because once we get there, I'm not going to have much to say about Gibbs, even though he's one of my favorite running backs. So Absolutely, and I really do believe in Jared Goff. I mentioned this trade earlier, and I'm going to bring it back up again. Jared Goff was one of the pieces that I received when I traded away Joe Burrow. And I still got a top 10 quarterback, and I think that ranking is going to go even higher. 
So while it may not be the sexiest trade in the world, I do think that Jared Goff is a guy that you should buy, especially seeing as he's only 28 years old. Um, His seasons with the Rams, I just kind of discount those besides 2018 where he finished as QB6. But the Rams haven't really been that good of a team since they were the greatest show on turf in the late 90s. So I definitely see more upside with Jared Goff and Motor City Dan Campbell. I I love that because I love Jared Goff. Uh, It's a little earlier for me because, you know, they did draft a quarterback in the third. Not that I think it's... um, something we should worry about that much but this team had a lot of holes on the defense and they addressed a backup quarterback for that which I love Hendon Hooker I think he dropped so far in the draft that if I was Detroit I'd have to take him anyways Um, but this is a team where I can see Jared Goff being shipped off or being the backup next season so that's that's also why he's a little lower for me but this offense can be electric um, I'm excited. Jared Goff's secretly going to be a really, really good quarterback this year like he was last year. And um, I got I got not much of a hate for this pick. And um, coming in at 14 is somebody that a lot of people will disagree with, but I have Dak Prescott, 14, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, See, I almost put him on my list. I almost did. And, and the thing that makes people hesitate with Dak is his turnovers. He had a really, I mean, really bad turnovers um, issue last year. Um, what was it? Let me check here. 15 picks, but he only played 12 games. So he, had, he was over averaging over one pick a game. Um, one point, what, three picks a game? That Somewhere was. in that range, yeah. So his interceptions were an issue. Um, a really bad issue in the last half of that season when he was healthy. Um, but he was dealing with a thumb injury, so who knows how much they had to play with that. Um, he is 29. He's going to be 30 when the season starts, so he is a little older. But that offense is really, really good with Tony Pollard as their lead back, C.D. Lamb. They added in Brandon Cooks there. Um, and Dak Prescott has been a really good fantasy quarterback the past couple years. He's had... Besides his past year, he's had only two seasons where he hasn't finished top 10 out of the six he has played. Um, So I expect him to be a top 10 quarterback this year. Dynasty-wise, with his age, drops him down a little bit. And his upside isn't as much there because of his non-existing rushing ability um, compared to others. So he's 14 with me. And he is the end of my top three tiers. So after this is my fifteenth my guy is gonna be my first guy in tier four, which I would say is where you're getting into a quarterback three range. Alright. Um Dak to me just really doesn't get it done too much. And it's really disappointing seeing the roster that he has around him. I mean, CD Lamb and Michael Gallup with an awesome tight end really should have gotten the job done in the past few seasons and it just hasn't happened. 
I mean, Dak is, to me, he's almost like a Tony Romo, where he's good enough to get the job done, but he never really excels. The Cowboys have never made a deep playoff push under him. They've obviously never won a Super Bowl. They've never really been that impressive. To me, their strength on their team over the past few seasons has really been their defense. I agree. I agree. And your offense really starts with the quarterback. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is now gone from the team. They're working around Tony Pollard. But neither of those have really been amazing pass-catching backs. And especially in PPR format, that's someone that you're really going to want to look for. But to me, Dak just, even though he's ranked as the quarterback 18 of this class, I don't think I would even rank him that high coming into this season. But interesting sidebar. I said earlier that Kyle specializes in fantasy and dynasty football. I'm starting to take that with just a little grain of salt because I actually just checked my sleeper league. (laughs) And I saw a trade that he uh, sent out to me. I had mentioned in the league. I'm just waiting for that a trade has been completed in the league chat. I was looking to move Travis Etienne. Just see what I could get for him. You know, just open up discussions. And this guy goes ahead and says, yeah, I'll take ETN, and all I'm going to give you is a 2024 first. That's right. A single 2024 first. I almost wanted to reach across the table and smack him. So do with that information what you will. But like I said, I'm starting to take everything with a grain of salt. So He he was shipping offers. I had to... I didn't ship any offer. I just, I just mentioned that, that I was open to him, so that is a smash decline and right there. There's a, there's a counter button. <laughs> Use it. Uh, for disrespectful offers, I try not to. But <laughs> going into my number 14, uh, another guy that I mentioned last year and earlier this episode as well is actually Russell Wilson. He's another slightly older guy, not as old as Rodgers. He's only 34. 11 years in the league. He's ranked as QB 16 in his projections this year. But to me, he's actually going to be a lot higher. Last season in Denver, I just don't even count that. Even though he went 292 of 483 for 3,500 yards... It wasn't a good year for Russell Wilson. But he's shown up at OTAs, healthy and lean, and he's still got a lot of the same weapons. He's got Jerry Judy, who should come back healthy this year. He's got Cortland Sutton, who I'm hoping can come back healthy this year. Tim Patrick, same deal. And he's got Greg Dolchik as his tight end. I absolutely love that kid. And especially with Sean Payton coming in as the head coach, I think this Broncos team is going to completely and totally turn around what they did last season. And instead of being forced to watch Bronco games in prime time, I think the NFL is going to do us the luxury of flexing them into a couple of games, especially now seeing his Thursday night football. 
can officially be flexed. Yes, I just hope they don't force it into too many games like they did last year. I felt like the Broncos were in a primetime game every single week. It was it, hard it, to watch. It, it was brutal, to say the least. Definitely at the start of the season. But um, I, I don't necessarily disagree. He's not too far off. He's he's 19 for me. Um, his age is a factor for me. Um, but I, I think he'll be a really good quarterback this season. Like I said in the last episode, um, with Sean Payton coming into town, you know, all those factors with his weapons and stuff like that. I think he's he's primed to have a really good season. It's just the age and the hate he's getting. Who knows if he could um, keep up with it. So um, he, he's really good this season, really good for a win-now team. Dynasty-wise, value-wise, he's not quarterback fit, top 15 for me, which is all right. So who do you, who do you have at 15 before I say mine? Because mine's going to spark a, all right, at a, number little, 15, a little debate. At number 15, I tried to come up with every reason that I could to leave this guy off of my list. He's had an alright career. He hasn't done anything special. And in primetime games, he loses more often than he wins. You know, I was guessing it was him right when you said he hasn't done anything special. (laughs) But to me... You can't leave Kirk Cousins off of the list, and it's for one reason and one reason only. Justin Jefferson. All right. Undisputedly the best wide receiver in the league. When you have a team that has Justin Jefferson on it, that quarterback is automatically going to stick out. Like I said, Primetime games, he's not going to come through for you too terribly much. Yeah, I I remember seeing a stat. Um, I can't remember the stat entirely, but primetime-wise, he's not that great. Um, But the thing is with Justin Jefferson is you see situations change every year, like crazy amount. And Vikings were mocked to take a quarterback this offseason – let alone I feel like they are going to take one next offseason. Um, Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that has voiced that he wants to have a decent-sized contract. Um, And the Vikings have voiced that they are moving on from him after this season, that they're not going to resign him. So I don't see him being a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings after this season. I see them going a different way, whether that be via trade or through the draft. Um, but I really like Kirk Cousins as a win-now piece. It's just the age, the situation that will most likely change for me. He is not top 15 for me. See, and for me, I don't see the fact that he doesn't have a contract in place past 2023 as too big of a red flag, primarily because the GM for the Vikings said that Cousins doesn't need to prove anything to him. Now, he was unwilling to provide concrete answers on Cousins' future with the team, but the fact that he has enough faith in him to say, no, Kirk doesn't have anything left to prove to me. He's done what we've asked him to do. I think that that's a really good starting point 
for a contract talk next year or if they don't find themselves in the draft position that they want for at the very bare minimum a franchise tag. And I think that Kirk is actually going to improve this season because not only does he have Justin Jefferson, but they got him a brand new wide receiver too in Jordan Addison. Now, watching him at USC, he's that really deep route runner that is going to be perfect lining up opposite Justin Jefferson. Because in the secondary, you can really only double one guy and still have enough coverage for the field. So between Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, one of them is going to be left in a one-on-one matchup. And I would feel confident if I'm Kirk Cousins in either of those matchups. So while I don't know how deep it's going to be, I could definitely see a world in which the Vikings are led by Kirk Cousins right into a wild card spot and a playoff run. So I think that if Kirk Cousins does do that, that he'll get another contract with the Vikings. Now, it won't be as long as some of these contracts that we've seen recently. At max, for me, the most I'd be comfortable with giving a 34-year-old quarterback for any team would really only be a two- to three-year contract. But again, for win-now teams or rebuilding teams that just need a placeholder at quarterback, I think you could do a lot worse than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and, and the main argument for me is his age. But um, he's, he's a beautiful win-now piece. He was quarterback six on the year last year. So I'm excited. I think he'll. I think he'll have a great year this year. Definitely with the weapons that they've added, um, not to mention T.J. Hawkinson. So I'm excited for Kirk Cousins. I love watching the Vikings play on offense, not necessarily on defense. But coming in at number 15 is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance, <sighs> and he's my uh, quarterback 15. We don't even know if he's going to be the starter coming into no. the season. He's the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Don't listen to anything anybody says. Um, and I'd like to mention I was a skeptic on Trey Lance coming in. Everyone had him as a top eight, top seven quarterback in Dynasty when he came into the draft um, and when he got drafted by the San Francisco 49ers when they invested a lot of capital into him. But I've seen his value tank so low that he is a buy for me. Um, He is going to get a chance not only in San Francisco, but if that does not work out and San Francisco is weird and goes with a Brock Purdy approach, that will not work out. Um, Trey Lance will start elsewhere. Um, Similar to what happened with Baker Mayfield, where he has the draft capital that he's going to get a starting job somewhere else. Uh, Trey Lance just has too much upside in him that teams will take a chance on him. One that comes up to mind is the Minnesota Vikings. He is still only 23 years old. He's very, very young. Um, And you get him in a situation that is favorable, um, he is going to excel. He has the rushing ability that is through the roof. His passing is really, really good when on display. And I think he has the upside to be a top QB in the league, if healthy. If healthy, yes. I definitely agree with his upside. But right now, 
he is sitting a QB 64. Looking at the depth chart for the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy is listed as the QB1 going into this next season. Now, we're only in OTAs, so that definitely could change, but I don't have much faith in the San Francisco 49ers when it comes to quarterback play at all because we have heard reports coming out of San Francisco that say that Sam Darnold is the best thrower of the football. We're hearing everything that they have ever had in a 49ers uniform. Now, I don't know about you, (laughs) but I know one name off the top of my head that automatically throws that into shambles. Yep. Joe Montana. Alex Smith. Joe Montana. You meant Joe Montana. That's right. Okay. And... So for that reason alone, I don't have faith in the 49ers quarterback room, which is such a shame because the rest of their team is built to win. And and let me add this. San Francisco had years of mediocre quarterback play. And the reason they invested so much to go get a guy like Trey Lance is they wanted a guy to put them over the top. They had years of going to the conference championship they had years of going in the playoffs and losing, but they never had a quarterback. They had a really good defense for all these years, a really good surrounding cast, and the reason they went up to go get Trey Lance is the upside. So I think it's completely stupid of them to just throw it away for a quarterback, in my opinion, who is just a, what they had before Trey Lance. Doesn't have much upside. Gets the job done, but doesn't win you games. And I think... They, I mean, they invested in a guy like Trey Lance to get you to go out there and be the reason you win games. And with a surrounding cast like that, I think if you have Trey Lance and he even shows glimpses of that upside, that offense is going to be absolutely killer, deadly. Um, and I don't, I don't trust Kyle Shanahan at all. And if he does the wrong thing and does not go with Trey Lance, he's going to get a starting job somewhere else. The quarterback landscape isn't so pretty. Um, there's still teams like the Buccaneers that could use a quarterback. There's still teams that are 50-50 on their quarterback situation like Washington. So I, I think there is a chance out there for Trey Lance. Actually, I know there's a chance out there for Trey Lance, and I'm almost guaranteeing he will get another starting job in the league if San Francisco is stupid and moves on from Trey Lance. Oh, if San Francisco moves on, he'll definitely get another opportunity. But like you've said through this entire episode, and I believe most of last episode too, availability is king. And when he was drafted in 2021, he started six games. Last year... He started two. So the availability just has not been there, which is why I firmly believe that he will be the QB2 to Brock Purdy coming in this season. For me, Trey Lance doesn't even make my QB2 list, and it's not a knock on his talent. It's not a knock on his upside. It is purely and completely to do with his availability. And I think people need to remember his rookie season, they wanted Jimmy G to start. And he came in a couple weeks, one against Detroit, which I remember vaguely. 
but he came in a couple weeks because Jimmy G was, I believe, injured. So they wanted him to sit behind Jimmy G. So he was not necessarily injured that season. He, I know he was dealing with something small, but nothing to the point where they were benching him because of his injury. It was purely they were trying to get a Patrick Mahomes sit back year out of him. And then the second year, I mean, his first game he came in and was playing in a monsoon in Chicago. And then very first drive, second game of the year, he has an injury that is very unfortunate, very freak accident. Um, Nothing he can really control. Kind of reminds me of Saquon whenever he tripped or he got stepped on by another player's foot accidentally. Uh, Reminds me a lot about that type of injury. So I I think he'll bounce back. Um, I don't think availability will be a question going forward. Um, Take that as you will. I understand the the debate and the argument against it, but I don't think it's necessarily a big question mark going forward with Trey Lance, in my opinion. I can definitely see it all, and I do hope that Trey Lance does find success, whatever that looks like for him in the NFL. I hope every player in the NFL finds their level of success, and I think with unless, that, unless you're unless you're uh, Antonio Brown post uh, Montez Perfect. Oh, yeah, Antonio Brown or even Deshaun Watson. I mean, <laughs> I've. Let's, hey, let, hey, let's be I'm, real. I'm, I'm here to collect the the check at the end of the season. I don't I don't care what's going. I mean, not that I don't care what's going on. It's I'm caring what's going on on the field, and I. You want... hear that? He doesn't care what's going on. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're tripping me up here, Trey. Um, I'm I'm here to collect that chip at the end of this at the end of the season. And I'm trying to do my best. Hey, if people are down on Deshaun Watson because of the off-the-field issues, I'll take him for cheaper when he's playing like a higher quarterback. I'm just going to say that. So. All right, well, I think that finishes up our list for <laughs> yeah. today, doesn't it? Yeah, it was quite the, quite the episode. So Absolutely. Sorry, apparently... Uh, the goal that I set in the intro for last episode of 45 minutes to an hour, yeah, just go ahead and disregard that. I mean, We're, when... we're going to have to move to top 10 for the rest of the positions. <laughs> no, we're going to keep on doing top 15. We're going to keep on bringing you guys some awesome episodes. I mean, this is just a lot of fun for both of us. Yep. I've wanted to do something like this for a very long time. I know Kyle has too, and it's just awesome getting to sit here and just talk sports with you guys and we definitely look into hearing your guys's feedback too so go ahead and hit us up on twitter we're at tk sports media on twitter we've got a facebook coming and maybe an instagram at some point it's coming eventually once we uh start getting some more content out there and closer to the season we'll have a instagram up up there so you guys could go see like our posts and see our start sit decisions and our rankings and stuff like that up there and hopefully at some point during this season we'll also be coming to youtube so that we can go live and interact with you guys uh whenever we decide to post and we can have a show that's really based off of what you guys want to hear what's fun for us so we thank you for giving us so much of your time We know you could be listening to any other show out there. 
We really do appreciate it. And with that, we'll see you next time for when we go for our top 15 running backs in the NFL. No dynasty implications, just purely NFL. The stuff that I love. Have a great night. We'll see you next time.